People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Brentfest with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope. You've seen my guest on cool shows like Mr. Mayor, Will and Grace, Grace and Frankie. Uh, that's two Graces. Uh, maybe I should call him Your Grace. We'll find out. Is he royalty? Maybe, maybe not. He might be because he's worked on WWE video games. That's kind of royal. Royal Rumble. And we also had breakfast from Peddler's Fork, which is, I don't know if I've ever been to a place that is a bike shop and a coffee shop and a bar and a scratch kitchen, but we did it. And hey, maybe we had a queen of uh, call back to last episode. <laughs> So, anything else you want to know? It doesn't matter if there's anything you want to know, because we have AJ Castro today on Breakfast. Pick it up! Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. AJ Castro, welcome to the Breakfast Studio. My man, thanks for having me. This is awesome. We met on the set of Sauce Boys. We did. Uh, I was playing the the the. I always call him. What the do I grizzled, call him? The, the grizzly, off with the word grizzly, prickly Captain Norman, <laughs> and you were the SWAT team. Grizzly, uh, prickly, yeah, Vargas, Vargas. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, everybody, listen up for Vargas. If you want to keep your head on your shoulders, <laughs> keep your head on a goddamn swivel. You know, if 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 you close your eyes, Norman and Vargas could have been played by the same person. They could have been right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, give me your best Norman line. Uh, this is a goddamn shit show. And this is Vargas. This is a goddamn shit show. Wow. It could have been the same guy. Well, I don't like that. I might have a re-edit and then put the more the better looking guy in both parts. That's not me. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that the same guy playing both parts? No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I thought the Captain Norman before was way uglier. <laughs> <laughs> this was a digitally remastered. That's what digitally happened. Digitally remastered. <laughs> also, when when they blew up the sauce district, there was a ring around the planet, like in the new Star Wars. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but we no, but that was fun. Sauce Boys was, was fun, man. And shout out to BG, Brian Galiz, who kind of, you know, created that and mm-hmm. made it from scratch and made it something real special. Well, you and I have, okay, we have to tell this story. Elephant in the room. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't should know, I say movie tickets in the room? I don't know if I've been this shocked in a while. You know how, guys, you have certain things in your in your life where you're like, it was a big thing at the time, and then you forget about it, and then you see something else later, and it triggers you back to that time period. <laughs> so back, I would say maybe like 12 years ago, something like that. More than that. Had 15? To be, uh, yeah, let's call it between 12 and 15. Okay, between 12 there. and 15 yeah. years ago, I auditioned for this commercial for movie tickets. You guys might even have seen this if you if you were in the movie theaters at the time. I think it was like a guy driving through the desert, and he stops his car, and a, and like kind of a a gangster guy walks up and is like, "Hey, uh, he's he has some tickets. T- here's yeah. your tickets. You know, you should never hear the word sold out again. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And then there's a little his lackey's like, "Hey, by the way, you can buy this stuff. I mean, this is not. I'm not doing yeah. your voice, but yeah. hey, you can buy these tickets online now. And the and you know, sir, with MovieTickets.com, you can buy your tickets online through the computer or internet device. You don't even need us. Yeah, that's so that's what the- happened. <laughs> so so I'm I'm watching AJ's like uh, commercial reel, and I was like I was like, oh my god, 
I almost got that commercial. <laughs> and I was so upset at the time because I would see it all the time in the movie theater and be like, ah, oh, why do I have to watch this all the time? Man, and you know, in fact, the guy that booked it was AJ Castro. <laughs> you know, that happens all the time. And, it, and people don't know that about Hollywood and you know TV film commercials you come so close yeah. to booking so many things right. right you're put on hold you're released and it's happened to all of us where yeah, we we really want something we're really excited about a role we're put on hold we're like right there it's between me and another dude and then you get released right, right? and it's always uh, interesting to see who 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 booked it well it's always cool to actually get to know the people later and be like oh this guy's a cool guy right where you know I, chris chan is another guy that was on the show that we've done that to each other probably four or five times on different tv shows and so and we're total buddies now you know some people think well you're probably rivals well no Sometimes Chris is going to get it. Sometimes I'm better for the part. Sometimes, or that's the perception of whoever's casting it or sure. whatever. And same with this. Look, just you reading that commercial now is like, yeah, that's why I didn't get it. <laughs> History you know, is much better. I have, um, I'm the opposite. I have a list. If if you book it over <laughs> me, I put your name down. We're not talking. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, well I, okay. I'm not on that list for you probably. So, oh, who knows? Maybe I am. No, I don't know. man, I, I'm kidding. Um, it, it is cool to see who got it. And know that person. Sure. Because then he could at least be kind of happy for them instead of being like, well, I don't know this guy. Right. He might be terrible. Right, you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> who who, who did, uh, you know, who's who's he bang? Who's he sleeping with to get right. that role? I should have got it. I right? should have slept yeah. with that person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny. You like, you always want to think there's like some, something that, you know, that person must know the producer. And that's why he got it. And I didn't. Right. Yeah. But, but truthfully, man, sometimes they're just better than you or... or yeah at that specific role or look, right? And the more you get into this business, the more you accept that, I think. One thing that I found really interesting, and we're going to talk more about like some of your other video games you worked on, but like you worked on a game that I really loved called L.A. Noir. And uh, when you told me that they, they had an avatar of your face. And then when yeah. you said it, I immediately was like, I totally recognize you. And I was it. like, I was like, no, I, I totally remember that face. Oh, okay. I remember the younger version of you on that on that game. Right, 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 right. It was just like a patrolman that would be around in different places. That's it. And that's totally you. I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. And he'll like, he'll pop into like the room and be like, hey, we got this bus on yep. fire you gotta go yeah yeah that was super fun i when i shot when i auditioned for that and when i shot it i had no idea what it was it yeah. was so it was so secretive right like you just here's your lines right when you get on set here's your lines like we're going into this white room with cameras all around and we're just gonna do the lines and i had no idea what it was gonna be for i knew it was a video game yeah but that was it eleanor was cool because it was like a total like film noir era version of la right in a video game. Right. And you could go, I mean, all over LA and it was pretty pretty extensive map and pretty accurate for the time. Right. Just, it was I think it was um kind of groundbreaking because it was like a true period yeah. piece on LA, you know what I mean, yeah. within a video game format. I had Adria Tenner on and she actually played one of those random uh, encounters where you where you say a wife that has just been like in an argument with her husband, mm, mm-hmm, and I was like, mm-hmm. I totally remember that scene where you just I like played that, yeah, where you can like drive by and you hear a lady crying. You're like, am I gonna stop? I'm on my way to this crime, but I could stop and help this lady first. <laughs> and it's just so crazy, uh, all those little things that go into those video games. And it, she probably had no idea either what this was going right. to be. Um, were you wearing like period stuff when you did Ellen? No, War? you know it's funny because they just um they do camera capture for it's your just motion ca- it's just for you so you're not wearing a costume at all costume. you're just wearing the costume with the little uh um, sensors yeah the sensors yeah. all over it where you look ridiculous if right. you don't see it in the game and then we watch the game you're like that looks cool correct and you know i, I 
I'm sure technology has changed, but at the time when they capture your face in particular, you sit into this, it felt like you were like in a time machine because it's like literally a white room. Yeah. Everything was white, walls, ceiling, floor. You had to put like these special booties to get in there so you don't get anything dirty. And then you sit into this like cylinder with cameras all around and you can't move, but you have to deliver your line so that the cameras can capture every angle of your face as you're saying it. And then they take that, put it on your movements, and then they take your movements and put like the cop suit on that. It almost seems like an MRI Yeah. when you get in the tube and you can't move. Either that or you're in some like very extensive cult right. that just really wanted to steal all the personal information about their, Could their be both. members. Could be both. Did you have to wear any robes after this? Uh, I choose not to say. Were you paying to go to different levels? <laughs> uh, <was> um, <laughs> this might be a good time to plug uh, my cult. That I'm <laughs> Were you considered a Padawan? I'm a or... level seven. <laughs> You're uh, level seven. Yeah. Oh, wow. You have done some really cool comedies. Let's let's talk about some of those. You got Mr. Mayor. That's uh, I think it's created by Tina Fey, right? Uh, Mr. Mayor created by Tina Fey and Robert uh, Carlock. Carlyle. Uh, uh, sorry, Carlock. Not Robert Carlyle. Robert <laughs> Carlock. Yeah, those are different people. Robert Carlyle. Uh, we don't. I mean, it could be the same person, just different names. We don't. Yeah, we Robert Carlyle is the British guy <laughs> from. Yeah, yeah. Was he in the Full Monty? I think. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you'll you'll know him when you see yeah. when you see his face. You know. Anyway, not him. Robert Carlock. Carlock. Who? Tina Fey. Yeah. Uh, Thirty Rock. Right. Think right, Thirty of course, Rock. Yes. These are the people behind Thirty Rock who are so successful and now. Mr. Mayor is uh, kind of the, the the new kid on the block. How right? now? How's tell me about this character that you play on Mr. Nestor. Mayor. Nestor, he is um, the head security guard for uh, City Hall, right? Yeah. Where Mr. Mr. Mayor Ted Danson works, right? So I appeared first in season one. I'm part of this world, kind of recurring character here, where I'm always at the front of City Hall, letting yeah. people in. Nestor the arrester. Nestor the possibly, arrest. you know. <laughs> Um, in the in the episode, they say I smell like Red Bull because uh, one of the characters has a crush on me, and it's like, oh, he smells like like Red Bull or something like that. Oh wow! Yeah, it's great. It's a it's a fun like, character. And smells it's like a fun... Red Bull and yeah. <laughs> and Musk. Like uh, <laughs> it's a uh, it's a super fun show. I think the cast is amazing. You know, Tina Fey, Robert Carlock, amazing yeah. writers. You know, I think uh, shout out to Wendy O'Brien who casts it. Um, she has done a terrific job in her team kind of putting a really nice ensemble together. So it's a fun show. 30 minutes, watch it, check it out. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Ted Danson. And it's and it hasn't been out for too long, so it's not like you're three seasons in. You can catch up you can on catch that show. Up. That's right. Yeah. The show that you were on that I've almost been on like four times, Grace and Frankie. Talk about legends on a show. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, you're working with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Right. That's insane. I am... Um, I have a quick story about that. Yeah. I was sitting in my dressing room waiting to shoot my scenes on, on that show. And um, it was like the time was going by an hour, two hours, three hours. Then it got really late. And, you know, I get this knock on the door and uh, they're like, hey, you know, we're running way behind. Would you be okay coming back tomorrow to shoot your scenes? Yes. Right? Right. Another day's pay. Yeah. But then check this out. Then they're like, Jane and Lily would really appreciate it. Uh, if you know, if you're not okay with it, we'll go and tell them, and it's okay. We can make it. And I'll, what am I going to say? No, yeah. go tell Jane and Lily we're doing my stuff yeah. tonight. You know, no, of course you come back, right? I got a poker tournament yeah. tomorrow. Come on, Jane, Lily. No, but um, but no, I thought that was really cool because 
for as much legends as they are, yeah. they treat everyone uh, mm-hmm. very well on that show. Everyone's kind of like equal. Yeah, I was even when I auditioned for it, uh, they were shooting around. They don't always shoot right around where you're auditioning, but they were that day because Martin Sheen walked by and was super friendly. And I was like, I was not expecting that at all. I expected him to be kind of like just, I don't know, maybe Martin he thought, Sheen, right? yeah, maybe he thought I had already booked something, but he was just super nice. And I was like, oh wow, Martin Sheen, wow, everyone's on. That's it. really cool. Yeah, man, <laughs> such a, you know, sometimes you hear of like toxic sets, right? Like you don't want to, you don't want to go on that show, yeah. right? But this is such an awesome uh, cast and, and show. It was super fun being part of it. I'm uh, one of my really good friends today, uh, Billy Finnegan. He wrote my episode. We met oh, cool. there on set, and. You know, we've gone to dinner a couple times, and and he's had a lot of success after that. So shout out to Billy. But um, it's just a good group of people. Uh, Marta, the creator, amazing. You might Marta you know, Kaufman. Yeah, friends, right? Friends. Yeah, she's uh, amazing. I, I have nothing but great things to say about my experience there. I had like three callbacks, and you know, Marta Kaufman's usually at the callbacks, and I'm just such a fan of Friends. You know, I don't know if it, I, I I don't mind being nervous at an at an audition actually because I feel like it's better than being complacent or feeling like, oh, I got this. I'd rather be nervous because that gives you energy. Sure. But I definitely had energy when Marta Kaufman was there. I was like, oh, shoot, that's Marta Kaufman. I mean, that's a legendary show. You know what I mean? It's like. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. I agree with you. You know, sometimes you walk into an audition. It happened to me with Mad Men when yeah. I walked in and I auditioned for Mad Men and I was reading with like actors within the show. Right. Right. Like, oh, man. Like this is, it's almost like a intimidating to, yeah. to a sense right yeah. but there is certain i i have an advantage because i grew up in costa rica and i didn't come to the states till i was like eight, seven eight years old and so like my first 10 years of life right in the early 90s uh late 80s into the early 90s sure. i wasn't really watching tv and even as i grew up i was more into sports right i didn't grow up around pop culture Right. In Costa Rica, you just don't have that. Right. And so a lot of times I walk in a room and I prefer not to know who people are. Right. Like, let me just I I know Marta is somewhere in here. I'm not going to look her up. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. I'll tell you what, that you're right. I think that probably is an advantage not to know the person because it's. It could get in your head. It can get in your head. Yeah. You could use it as could be energy. It could also just be in your head like, oh, John Hamm or whoever it is. The first time I auditioned for mom, Chuck Lorre, right? I had no idea what he looked like. So I got a call back. You walk in. Chuck is right there. He's sitting there. You get a feeling that this guy is someone right. important because, you know, everyone's around him. He's he's talking, right? But I had no idea what he looked like yeah. the first time, right? So I think that was probably one of my best auditions because you go in there and you're just performing. You're doing your your talent, right? You're doing your yeah. artist thing as opposed to like, oh, man, this is Chuck Lorre. Like, oh, you know, it's it's very different when you just go in there kind of peace of mind you worked on another kind of you know anytime they bring a show back you know it's a big show will and grace will and grace how was that uh amazing amazing you know it, it's it's very that show's very important to me for a number of reasons first and foremost i i booked in and i got to work with sean hayes yeah and i again 90s right i was a seinfeld guy yeah right? so i wasn't friends wasn't my jam Will and Grace necessarily wasn't my jam. It was Seinfeld, all Seinfeld, right? So again, I was walking into my audition and to walking in on set with Deborah Messing, you know, Sean Hayes, right? And it wasn't an ad of like, oh man, like look at these people I grew up watching, right? To me, it was like, they're my coworkers. Let's go to work, right? But then Sean Hayes turned it on and it was a 
man, this guy knows what he's doing. Yep. And I can learn a lot right now. Right. So at that point, I was like a sponge. Everything he did, yeah. I just, I wanted to see how he prepped. I wanted to see how he delivered lines. Right. And, and the dude was so nice, man. Not only did he, you know, I was on there for, you know, a role, right? It, it wasn't uh, a central character. Elias, right? The, the uh, repairman where, where Sean Hayes worked. Uh, just Jack. And, Wait, you um, played Elias the repairman? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sean Hayes comes up to me and he's like, hey, you know, here's kind of what I want to try in the scene. Um, and I was like, great. Yeah, whatever you want, man. And then he asked me, is there anything you want to do? Yeah. And I'm like, man, you don't have to. In my head, I'm thinking, you don't have to. You're Sean Hayes. You're the star of the show. Like, I'm here to support you, man. And that's what I'm thinking in my head. But it was so refreshing, again, to see someone of that stature, yeah. you know, with that resume and that history to, to ask me, is there anything I want to do? So shout out to Sean, man. That guy is, is amazing. Well, not only is he like, and I'll say the same thing. I was more of a Seinfeld guy and then also friends. Not as much Will and Grace, but when I would watch Will and Grace, there's just some powerhouse performers and oh, yeah. really funny people on that show. Oh, yeah. It just wasn't as much my show as the other ones, but Sean Hayes is really good. Deborah Messing's really funny. Uh, Megan Mullally is yeah. obviously amazing. And they're all pros, man. They're yeah. all so amazing. You think this comes natural to them, and it, it does. It has to, right? But during the table read, they were pros. When they came in, their scripts, they were working through it, right, trying to find the right beats and the right jokes. Yeah, it, it, it was it – was, uh... Well, that's experience. cool. It's uh that that Sean Hayes seemed actually interested in like kind of a collaborative. Maybe you might have a perspective on this character that he didn't think of that might be sure. even better than what they thought of. Sure, and maybe not. Maybe. But at least we get more but ideas at least we out get there. The, the talking a little bit, that's, right? Yeah, that's really cool. Well, congrats on all those uh, cool shows that Thanks, you worked man. on that Thank I didn't you. get to be on any of them. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> no, they, they're lost, my friend. You, you, you would have brought something really special there. Oh no, it was my loss for sure. I, <laughs> the money, the the credit. No, uh, no, uh, it's all great. It's all good stuff. Let me talk to you about something else. You are a guy that's worked on a lot of video games. Yes, uh, we talked about Ellie Noir. Uh, you did a little bit on one of my very favorite games, Red Dead Redemption. That's right. Which is like an old Western. western. It's a Western mm-hmm. with a great story. Yeah. The main thing you did, I think you did for like six years, you worked on these WWE wrestling video games. Yeah. Tell me about like w- what you were doing on them specifically and how, you know, how, how do you feel about that? Because that's a long time working on those. I think we did six games. Wow. A game a year, right? Really, I started working on it. I, I probably worked on it for combined eight years because we did a lot of like prep before yeah. and after and um, follow up. The game was super cool because I grew up a wrestling fan. Yeah. Right. So I grew up watching Ultimate Warrior and, you know, The Undertaker and yep. Hulk Hogan. Right. And then in the 90s, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, you know, yeah. Dwayne Johnson. That was one of my people growing up. Right. Someone like you look up to. Right. So I grew up doing these wrestling impersonations. Yeah. Right. In front of the mirror. Do you remember... In the '90s, they had like the the Slam Buddies, which was like a pillow, like you yeah. know, Macho Man. And the, I know exactly you know what, what you're talking, talking about. about. I had those, and I would like wrestle. You yeah. know what I mean? So like, I I knew the moves, I knew the movements, I knew the cadences, I knew the voices, I knew the personas. Right. So uh, when I auditioned for the game again, it, it was a little secretive. I had to do a John Cena impersonation. They had like the script, and it was John Cena doing a, a right. promo, and and I. I was John Cena. I cut the promo like John Cena. Shout out John Cena. And I didn't hear anything for months. And then one of the producers of this video game at the time, John Okui, shout out John. Uh, we're good friends now. He he hit me up. He's like, yeah, we got this game. Uh, we want you to work on it. And but we have to rehearse for months, right? So we started rehearsing on it. 
And and then we shot it. And then it continued. They kept bringing me back. It was a continuous gig for about six years. In 2010, I did the create a character voice. So back in 2010, if you were playing that game and you created Brent Pope, yeah. you know, as a wrestler with the with the finisher, the Brent Fist, mm-hmm. right? Which is, you know, you bring out a Quinamon and you eat it in front of the guy. And that's that's yeah. the finisher as I see it. You would have my voice in your create a character. Yeah. So that was really fun to do. I think I would call it like the Pope on a rope finisher or the Potpourri, the Pope something Pourri, like that. That would have been good, yeah. Right, as like turn them into dust yeah. at the end. Yeah, the They'd, Pope's Cross that, where you oh, put them up the on the, Pope's Cross, you know, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think the one thing that sticks out, not only that I get to do a lot of really cool ring entrances as different wrestlers, but I got to be The Rock. I yeah. got to be Dwayne Johnson. So anytime you see Dwayne Johnson from you know 2006 to 2012 in the game, that's me doing those moves. So nice. that, was, that was really fun because I, I grew up idolizing the guy. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I don't know what he did after wrestling. I don't, you know, he, uh, he might have. It's a sad story. He's really fizzled out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I watched his show. Uh, I actually had a couple decent shots of getting a part on that Young Rock TV show. I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, yeah. it's an interesting show. I, I was like pulling my rep's tail all of last year trying to get on that show. I was like, man, I could do Macho Man. I can do, you name it. Give me, give me whatever, right? I even did a promo, it's on my Instagram, of me impersonating Razor Ramon, Ooh, you know, Scott Hall. That's a good call right there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And basically shouting out to to The Rock saying, hey, you know, the bad guy wants to be on season two, you know, bring yeah. him in. So yeah. it was cool, man. It was, um, that's a great show. Shout out Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He's doing some really good stuff. He just broke some record for a rap song. He's a, he, he turned what? Where he was, um, he's rapping on a song. It's called Face Off. It's, it's really the cool. only a rap song I remember him doing. He was he it White was, Clef. Yeah, it White doesn't Clef. matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Feature, uh, yeah. White Clef featuring yeah. The Rock. It I doesn't got, matter. I got I got something something yeah. in the West yeah. Indies. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got twenty three bins and his house full of bins. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. <laughs> yeah, but he's uh he's rapping. He and he's good, man. He's really, got, he's got some nice flow. Uh, what would you say his style is like? I mean, he's cursing in the song and everything. Really? Yeah, this is not the Tooth Fairy we're talking about here. This is you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson coming out and and really rapping in there. I would say. So he's got a little Busta Rhymes uh, feel where it's oh, just like it flows really nice. Um, and I think he he's just he's mean, man. He's the rock. He's powerful. Very powerful uh, voice on there. Yeah. Before we go any further, we had breakfast from Peddler's Fork in Calabasas, not to be confused with the Peddler's Fork in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I looked it up and I was like, there's, there's, there's a place called The Peddler's Fork and Peddler's Fork. Yeah, no. Uh, I pe- wanted to go to The Peddler's Fork, but you didn't want to go to Iowa. I was like, I will never be caught dead in Iowa or alive in Iowa. No, I would. Uh, I used to live in Nebraska. It's next to Iowa. It's just a long ways to go. And it's very flat and boring for the most part. Peddler's Fork is a scratch restaurant, which means they make all the stuff themselves there. They get mm-hmm. locally sourced ingredients. Genuine bar, which means it's a full bar. They have a coffee shop there called 10 Speed Coffee, which is, you know, just part of the place. And they also have a bike repair shop. Right. All in one. Right. Now. A combination, if guys, you will. Guys, if you are out early in the morning and your car, your your bike breaks down in Calabasas and you need coffee <laughs> and a chaser drink and a, and a meal and to get your tire fixed. There you go. Peddler's Fork. Check, 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 check. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very cool looking place. I thought it was like. 
really cool place to hang out. They had really cool pastries. We got a Queen Amman. That's right. Which we just talked about on the, the previous breakfast. For those who don't know, tell tell people what it is. Queen Amman is um it's named after Bre- the area of France called Breton. Breton is also a Celtic language. Okay. So Queen, it sounds like Queen like the Queen of England. It's yeah. actually spelled K-O-U-I-G-N, which could only be Celtic or Welsh right. or one of those right, languages right, right, right. like that. In French, it means like butter cake. Oh, kind of. okay. Uh, it's known as the fattest, butter cake. the fattest pastry in Europe. That serves about right. And I will say it was very decadent. It was very tasty. Did and... ours, ours had Nutella in it? I don't... I th- and that's something. It was good. It was very I thought good. it was kind of like a... Almost like a cinnamon roll. Something wasn't it? Was, it? it was delicious. Yeah, I mean, whatever it was, it was buttery goodness. When you and... told me the name of it, I wanted to like go look up like Queen Amon. Like yeah. I was like, who is what? When does she rule? You know what I mean? Like I wanted to go <laughs> right, look it up. Right. So the only other time I've heard of Queen Amon before we had one at Peddler's Fork was on the Great British Bake Off. But we had that. We had that. Uh, we had a guava cream cheese croissant. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking about croissant, I'm talking about the fancy kind where they were able to like they, swirl it. They swirl it. So yeah. part of it looks kind of like rye bread and part of it looks like a regular croissant. It's not rye bread, but that's what it looks like. We both had a cafe burrito. That's right. What do you remember about that? Meaty, delicious. Yeah. It was yeah. good. I remember it had like bacon. It had salsa verde. It had some chunky potatoes in it yes. that I liked. Yeah. The tortillas seemed like they were fresh made. Yeah. It was, just, it was you know, it wasn't like a huge, overwhelming, like wet, soggy burrito, no, right? No. It was just, it was, it was manageable. Nice, it's the kind of burrito that if you're riding your bike and you need to get it fixed, you can grab the burrito yeah. while while they fix your bike. And and if you, you say, I'm going to get it to go, oh, you're going to, my bike will be fixed in 10 minutes. Yeah. Let me get this burrito to go. Right. I'm going to take a couple bites while I'm going down the road. Right. You instead can handle of, it. You instead of the water bottle being squirted into your mouth, <laughs> you're going burritos. Take, just taking a couple burrito yeah. bites. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, it was delicious. I, I like that place a lot because it's, you know, it's kind of hidden. I just like going there. It's peaceful. It's hidden. The ambiance is really nice. You know, on Saturdays, they have a farmer's market right down the road. So it's just, it's a nice place to go. It's a little hidden because there's a lot of foliage kind of in front of it, which is cool because then it gives you a little privacy when you're eating and it looks cool in the background of, you know, on the gram. Right, right. (laughs) You know, that's me me and you are obsessed with the gram. The gram. Um, I've never had a bad meal there. And I love their, we also had one of these. We had a dirty chai. Oh, that's right. Which is my my morning drink of choice. Yeah. Gosh, that reminds me of a place, RIP, Steampunk Love Cafe. Steampunk. Really? Love Steampunk. It's gone, it, man. Had Steampunk been around, had they made it, that would have been my 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 breakfast. I'll tell choice. you what, Steampunk, Amy, love Amy. I hope she, she opens another place. Please. In, my, in Calabasas. <laughs> one of my friends uh, did a lot of the silhouette art there. Jordan Monsell, if you remember all the kind of crazy artwork they had For in that sale. place. Yeah, I, yeah. My wife and I almost bought a couple pieces. Okay, yeah. Jordan's a buddy of mine. We'll go hiking. He, uh, Shout I, out Jordan. I, That's I great had work. Jordan Monsell make me once because he, he does steampunk type stuff, but he also does these silhouettes. And Jordan's not fake. He does the He literally cuts those things out with scissors. Oh, really? Okay. And Jordan's grandpa or great grandpa was the guy that created the Morton Salt oh. with the that logo. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? So he's like got a whole artistic history. But Jordan. Jordan, Jordan, do do a do a pitbull piece, man. Oh. I challenge you. Let's, All right. Let's do, let's That's do cool. an ode to, pe- Look, to pitbulls. Look, if you commissioned it for him for, you know, a little bit of money, he yeah. probably would do it. He did for me a steampunk Fantastic Four. Okay. So you've got like the the thing with a, wearing a bowler hat and a pipe. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got the human torch in an old school like fireman hat That's thing. That's great. And then of course you just got like the sideburns with the Mr. Fantastic and uh, kind of a like a flapper take on yeah. the invisible uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sue Storm. Yeah. So Jordan, you know, I, I miss that place because of the artwork. It also was just a place I wrote. Like I was so productive writing at Steampunk Coffee, and it was Love just like Steampunk, such a. Man. And the food was great they're, there. Um, their chicken and waffles. Did you ah, have that? Yep. With absolutely. the with the HMO sauce. Mm-hmm. The HMO. Let's man, sell, you're bringing me back, dude. Man, with the HMO sauce. Let's sell the HMO sauce. Let's get the HMO sauce. Can in I talk? Stores. Let me talk something out of school, man. That Please. I found ridiculous. The dude that owned the guy that owned the building before, like as soon as COVID happened, they kind of tried to negotiate. You know, like a lot of people did. Let's, sure. Can we, we? We don't have money coming in. Let's negotiate like a little sure. bit of the rent. The guy was like, no, and immediately opened a mask store. He turned it into a mask store. He turned steampunk into yeah. a mask store. That's some evil That's, stuff, right yeah, there. Yeah, man. Like you know what I mean. Look, shame, shame on anybody who didn't help anybody during COVID. You yeah. know what I mean? Like some people needed more help than others, but like we all needed to help each other at that point. Yeah. And, and still, right? So uh, if, imagine if anybody, everybody just done that. Oh, no, I'm going to close all the stores and just open a mask store. You know, it happened. It happened to my wife. My wife's a business owner and uh, she she received very little help when it came to to rent and stuff like that. And, and she we got lucky. She survived it. But a lot of people. Uh, businesses didn't and it's a shame that such a wonderful place like steampunk didn't well we were talking about peddler's fork i don't know if we got completely off track there but it thank was the you chai. For, it was the chai it was the dirty chai because that, that's chai. what they had it they, they yes. that was one of the things from uh, steampunk too but thank you for going to peddler's fork thank you for uh you yeah, know reliving you. steampunk look i'll keep you and i'll keep you I'll, I'll let you know if amy opens a new place because i want to be I'm on a, the mailing list all let's, right let's, let's make it happen. i got you but that's <laughs> the chicken and waffles i'm missing that man i'm missing those chicken and waffles I I mean I would drive from my house forty minutes just to get there. Yeah, yeah, like that place is, is that amazing. used to be my riding spot, dude. Amazing, and, uh, amazing. And they had like the didn't they have like the like little games you could play like Connect yeah. Four or whatever. And the second breakfast number two was there. Was it? Yeah, number two at Steampunk Cafe. We used to bring our little pit bull there. Oh, is that right? I, I think Amy, the owner, right? Amy yeah. always used to make mm-hmm. a comment on our little our little puppy. God, I might have great. seen your puppy there. You know we what I mean? Have, we might have crossed yeah, paths, Yeah, I used man. to be there every day. Had you known I was the MovieTickets.com guy, you would have mean I would have, yeah. I would have like, stolen your pit bull. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, well, um, thank you for going for Peddler's Fork with me. Of course. Peddler's uh, Fork it, it is awesome. It was great. And uh, guys, check that place out if you're around Calabasas. Yes, for sure. So you were born in Costa Rica. Yes. You lived in Miami for a good deal of time. Mm-hmm. Tell me about, one, those places in general. Did they play a part in you becoming a creative type person? If so, in what way? Yeah, man. Costa Rica is an amazing country. I am so proud to be Costa Rican. Tico. Yeah. And growing up there, man, it's you don't have as much culture, except I remember, you know, had to be early on in my life. We went to see a play, right? I don't remember how old I was. Okay. Five, six. How, yeah. When you're young, as far back as you can remember being young, right? And I just remember seeing the characters and it was like a clown. I don't remember what the play was, but it was like a clown and they were like having so much fun. And I was like front row looking up. And I credit that moment to be like the moment I was like, oh man, I'd love to be on stage and doing something like that, right? I just remember doing that. And then um, my mom and I migrated to, to the States, to Miami. And I remember going to the movies a lot. And that's how I kind of assimilated with the culture, right? Yeah. I assimilated. I learned English. I didn't speak a lick of English when I got here. Okay. Tell me a couple of the movies that you're like really where you go to. Because there's got to be a couple where you're like, I learned so much English from this movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The first, I, so there's three that I remember. There's four 
that I remember like watching and learning stuff from in English. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Huh? <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, that's right? great. Right? <laughs> Mortal Kombat, the original okay. one. Okay, yeah. Right? Disney's The Rookie. Yeah. Right, where he threw out his arm. Sure. And Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your oh, Juice wow. in the Hood. Ah, that's those, nice. Those are like four that I remember being kind of like that 10-year-old, you know, 8-year-old, 9-year-old, learning like, English slang. And you're yeah. just walking around going, get over here. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. All righty <laughs> then. You know, like, uh, funny story, real funny story, real yeah. quick, um, about, you know, assimilating into a new culture and a new language, right? I was, it had to be, it was elementary school. Miss um, Huffman was my teacher. I don't remember what grade, but we were having a pizza party, and I love pizza, man. Yeah. Like, I-, I Is there pizza eat. in Costa Rica? There's pizza in Costa Rica. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, um, we have everything the States has. Yeah. But sometimes it's it gets there late. Oh, right? gotcha. Movies <laughs> get there later. Like I remember watching like The Simpsons like way later, right? Like when new episodes didn't get there in time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. but yeah, Costa Rica has everything. Man. Was it like this because in the Midwest, here's the deal. Yeah. You you would be like, I'm wearing the freshest clothes, and then somebody from California comes to visit and they're like, that's from like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. There was a lot of that because there was like a lot of hand-me-downs. You know yeah. what I mean? Like um, people in Costa Rica like would come to the States, buy a bunch of clothes, take it back yeah. and sell it in Costa Rican oh, stores wow. yeah. as like American clothes. You yeah. know what I mean? And, um, you know, people growing up here in the States don't realize how much other countries like look up to the United States. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and want that what we have here, the freedom and the peace that we right. have. So, and the opportunity. So that's, um, you know, we're lucky to be here in the States. But back to the, the pizza, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ms. Huffman's class, pizza party, love pizza, and everybody got a slice, right? Okay. And at this time, like, I knew English, but, like, I didn't, it, it wasn't mastered, right? And my mom didn't know English, and I, you know, I was just, okay. I talked Spanish with my mom. And if I ever said anything, you know, weird, my mom wouldn't correct me because she didn't know any better, right? Uh. So I walked up to the teacher and I was like, can I have another slice of pizza? And she was like, no, one one per student. And I go, damn it. And I like walk away, ah! right? And she's like, what did you say? And I go, damn it. And she goes, do you talk like that at home? And I was like, yeah. And she thought I was being like a smart ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. She was like, come here, young man. She called like my parents. We had a parent teacher conference and I had no idea I was, was doing bad, anything wrong. You bad thing to say. Yeah. You just thought it was like you were saying like, correct, oh, man. Correct, correct. Yeah. And I think that must have come from, you know, one of the movies. Don't be a menace or yeah. whatever. Or, yeah. you know, Jim Carrey where I saw, damn it, or yeah. whatever, right? Like, yeah, it, it's crazy how uh, TV and film influence us. And I think that's why I got into the industry because I wanted to, number one, like kind of shed culture from from Costa Rica and kind yeah. of be that lead that train mm -hmm. right and also like I wanted to to be an escape for people when they needed it you know right. what I mean I think that's what drove me to get into this field I know that uh, we had talked about this too you you lived in Miami for a yeah. long time mm -hmm. and that you were there during Hurricane Andrew right I was happened to be during the Navy at that time right and I was telling you that like we cleaned up we pulled all the carpeting out of this high school and you're like that was our rival high school homestead, homestead. yeah <laughs> we used to play I played basketball for Miami Killian and we uh, we would hate playing in Homestead because it was dark. It was such a dark gym. The, the drive there was terrible. And they always used to do like this like chant, right? Where it was like, whoop. Yeah. Like the, whenever we were shooting, the whole stands would go whoop. And I hated it. I, the locker rooms were terrible there. The visiting locker rooms, it was just, it was not a fun school to play. And that was one of our rivals for sure. Wow. 
Um, I might have been playing basketball while you were tearing carpet in another room. Our lives have crossed 16 times that we didn't yeah. know. Of. If I had known, <laughs> I would have ripped the carpeting out of your high school I, as well. This guy's <laughs> going to grow up to be the movietickets.com guy. Get him out of here. I remember uh, there used to be a couple of Nebraska football players from Manatee High. Is that is that Miami? Is it yeah. outside of Manatee? Okay. Uh, I believe it was like right outside of me. Yeah, man. manatee high. Manatee I always high. liked. I, I always thought the manatees were some of the coolest animals. The sea cows. I love them. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. I just love looking. Do you at call them. your wife and it's like I'm in love. Her name is. She's like, are you at the pound again? No, <laughs> the manatee <laughs> shelter, the manatee aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been my second guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, I understand that you know, and I talk about this on the show a lot. If we let this whole pandemic go by. We had all this kind of free time. If we didn't use it in some useful way, it was really a missed opportunity. I understand you've been working on a bunch of stuff that, you know, you want to talk about some of that? I have, man. You know, I think we live in a, in a day where there's so much content out there. As artists, it's our responsibility to kind of create our own, right, and stay active. Because if you just sit there waiting for the phone to ring, it's a it's a grueling business. So right now, the biggest thing I'm working on is a scripted podcast. Yeah. I created about Area 51. Um, oh, I love it. Dun, dun, dun. I love it already. Uh, I won't get into the details, but it's in a not-too-distant future where Area 51 is decommissioned. Yeah. And then some people go missing, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like a true crime podcast. I'm working on it with Cassie Jerkins and uh, Barry Stiglitz, who are co-writing with me. It's just really, really a, a fun podcast. We hope to kind of get it out there here in the next year. But it's, I'm a, uh, it's I'm a big fan of that genre, the faux true crime podcast. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I did one. The only uh, like scripted podcast that I actually did for somebody, I did part of it, was called In Strange Woods, and it was a faux true crime musical oh, podcast okay so in strange words if you're interested that's that's a cool show it's like okay. six episodes and it's a good example of like a true crime podcast where you're like this seems pretty real until, yeah. and then that's that's what we're know. going for right yeah so the, the inspiration came from blackout with robbie malik it's a, sure. it's a scripted podcast it's really good if you haven't listened to it and then you know i kind of put together the original story we've been workshopping it and then cassie had the idea of like hey let's it would be cool to kind of make it like an armchair detective where the listener wants to f solve mm -hmm. the mystery. And so we um, we kind of started taking that angle. And uh, I think we got something really special. Check out, you know, check it out when it comes out. Yeah, um, absolutely. But uh, we're, we're very proud of it. And then, you know, I grew up around basketball. I love basketball. I think one of the, the funnest, funnest time in sports, is funnest a word? I'm Costa Rican. I mean, technically it's most fun, but most I would fun. say funnest. Funnest, yeah. funnest. Yeah. Um, in Costa Rica, we say funnest. Okay. Um, or in Costa Rica, we say one of the most duanis, which mm, is okay. which is too nice. But, yeah. you know, when they read it, it's duanis. Duanis. Um, <laughs> duanis. <laughs> um, uh, times in sports is March Madness, oh, right? Love it. College yep. basketball. Mm -hmm. And whether you're a fan or not, you can get into it, right? And so I wrote a, a show that revolves around college basketball. Yeah. It's kind of like Entourage meets, you know, Friday Night Lights. And uh, it's just really fun because it, it, it watches a boy become a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's the journey that a lot of people go through, whether you're male, female, right? And it just revolves around that world of college sports, which is, I think it's a very nice world. AJ Castro, before we get out of here, I need to get three quick recommendations from you. Okay. What is the hidden gem show or movie that you watch that people may not know? I'll give you, I'll give you an old school one. Ooh. It's a movie. If anybody watched it, it would have been you. Okay. Ed Norton, Robin Williams, Death to Smoochie. Death to Smoochie. Okay. 
People hated that movie so much. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was such a I thought dark it was a comedy. great dark comedy. Yeah. 100% agree with you. I, I loved it, and I'm a big Robin Williams fan, so that one was true. It was People uh, the, they, the, they the hated the critics it. hated that movie. I loved it. I feel like it should have had the same treatment as The Cable Guy. Do you remember The Cable Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah cable yeah. Guy. Do you, do you remember the story about that? Ben Stiller directed The Cable Guy. They, I didn't know they, that. It got so destroyed by the critics that Ben Stiller didn't get a direct for like 10 years after that or something like that. And get now it's here. like The Cable Guy is known as this like cult classic. Cult classic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on TBS all Same thing. Home. I think it's pretty great. Death to Smoochie. Uh, Go watch it. Yeah, check it out. Death to Smoochie. Really funny. Yeah. Dark and really funny. Yeah. Great. How do you how do you even get that to Smoochie nowadays? That's a good you have question. to go. I don't probably, know. Amazon probably sells Maybe it. Maybe Amazon. That's that's a weird thing now. Like now that they're not sold in the stores a lot now. Right. How do you even get some of these things? Yeah, death to Smoochie. Sure I'm gem. sure it's somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh what is the show or movie that you watch just for fun? I, I want to say Seinfeld, right? Because it's just always on in the background yeah. of my house. Yeah. You know, you fall asleep to it. But I'm gonna say just for fun, curb your enthusiasm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Curb. You ever audition for that show? I want to so bad. Okay, here's I did it once. It's an interesting process they have. Okay. When I went in, I know some people went in and they were reading directly with Larry David. That's I've probably for that. the bigger parts. Right. This is for like your co-stars or whatever. Okay. You walk into the audition room. Right. There's a little bowl. Like you pull out a little fortune cookie thing on it and it basically says something like, uh, Larry used to be allowed to come into this place, but now he's not. And then you go in and play <laughs> that scene. You're a security great. guard. Larry used to be allowed here. Now he's not. And you just improvise with the casting director. That's so cool, man. I, I studied at I.O. West. Yeah. And so, yeah, I graduated from their improv. Wait, when were you at I.O. West? Right before it closed. So probably oh, two, two, three years leading up to the close. I have really good friends at I.O. West. A lot of the teachers, a lot of the bartenders. Love the teachers. I, I used to be on a show called Top Story Weekly. Which I was, know Top Story Weekly. Yeah, I, I, was made, I made a, a cameo on that. I was in that show five years. That's awesome. Yeah. Top Story is a great, great show. So anywho, I would I would love to audition for Curb. That's my guilty pleasure because you know I have that training. But I thought Larry David, man, like that guy is a, is a legend. There's a podcast. Can I plug another podcast? Sure. This Why podcast? not? It's called Origins. Okay. Have you heard of it? No. It's about how like how shit started, right? How okay. things yeah. started. They have like a, a, a season on like Sex and the City on okay. ESPN yeah. and like how it started. Saturday Night Live, right? Yeah. And one of their seasons is Curb and how Curb started. Uh, and it has like cast interviews and stuff. And that's a great. Great listen, but JB Smooth, his his story about how he Smoove. how he started on Curb is is really cool. Well, that guy's exploded, man. Oh yeah, you know, from like a guy they were like, ah, this guy's kind of he has this kind of little part on Curb, and now yeah. he's just like he's on commercials playing Caesar. He's great, and, man. JB, mm. he has a really cool story. To, you know, check it out on on Origins. But yeah. uh, but that's my guilty pleasure, man. Cool. To to give you a kind of shout out. What is the short movie that inspires you? I love Kobe Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. As a Lakers fan, okay. right? He was kind of inspirational to me in kind of the way he approached work. And right. I kind of try to have that Mamba mentality, right? Right. So like any interviews on Kobe, maybe is my guilty pleasure. Okay. Um, and, then, and that kind of sits into the, the inspirational. Does that count or do you want a movie? No, that counts. Movie, that that okay. counts. Okay. I think the Mamba mentality as an inspiration is... That works for me as like inspiring yeah, thing. Man. I mean, you see things. his how people miss him all over Los Angeles. There's just murals, murals. everywhere. Yeah. yeah. He um there's an interview he talks about, you know, he used to wake up, he's notorious waking up and, and working out at four AM or yeah. whatever, right? And they asked him, Why do you do that? And he goes, Well, I could live three lives in the time that you can live one. Right. And he's like, What do you mean? He's like, Well, if you wake up at nine AM and you train at ten and then you go you know, take a shower, eat lunch, go back, train at four, that's yeah. that's your day. Where with me, if I train at four, eat breakfast, train again at seven, you know, take a shower, read, relax, train at two, 
and then go back, you know, be with family and then train again at seven. Now I've got four workouts in the time you got two workouts. So I've gotten twice as better as you wow. have. Right. And I was like, man, that's the way of thinking that Mamba mentality. Yeah. When people apply it to non-basketball things, it really works too. I like the, um, I don't know where this saying came from, but the saying is 5 a.m. is when legends are either going to bed or waking up. I love that. I had a roommate, a good friend of mine, Ryan Katz. We called him Smiley. He always used to give me shit because I used to wake up early to that Mamba mentality, right? Yeah. Tongue in cheek, he was, always used to say, you and Steven Spielbergs are the only one up right now, right? <laughs> like that, that kind of thing. And it's true. You know, that's when, uh, when legends are made. I do like all-nighters all the time, not even intentionally. Typically, when I'm doing a breakfast show, mm -hmm. I'm preparing the interviews and my mind is just going a million miles a minute. I usually am I'm sitting there working on stuff, doing all sorts of breakfast related things. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it's 8 a.m. Yeah. Like, where, all right. yeah, where do you go? Cool. I guess that's we'll sleep you, later. That's why you're a legend, my friend. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a legend. I'm an insomniac. To me, hey, uh, listen, or a to crazy me, person. you are, my man. Cool. You, this show, you, everything you've done, man, good and bad. Like, I'm, I'm very humbled and honored to be here with you. Oh, thank you. Seriously. But as, as my manager and my agent said, not movie tickets material. So not movie tickets .com they're material. A, they're going a different way. Brent. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for those recommendations. I appreciate them. Of course. Guys, if you want to get more Brentfast stuff, such as pics of AJ Castro and I enjoying our Brentfast from Peddler's Fork, go to my website, brentpope.com. You can listen to all the Brentfast episodes there. You can see clips from all my TV appearances and the official Brentfast store with a bunch of fun stuff, shirts, mugs, stickers, masks, perfect for holiday gifts. They're all in there. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by buying something from the Brentfast store. You'll be very glad you did. And if you enjoy the show, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Brentfast and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Brentfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 46 other countries now. The latest just within the last month, Argentina, Egypt, Pakistan, Nigeria. Welcome, 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 welcome. And trust me, the new additions to my Breakfast Burrito Brigade, we are just getting started. Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the Breakfast slicing and dicing. Much appreciate. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Marco Leon, for making me sound so good. AJ Castro, what is next for you, and where can we find you on social media? At Real AJ Castro. That's my tag everywhere. Instagram is probably the, the, the best way to find out kind of my up and coming projects. But right now, uh, outside of a, a few projects that are kind of teetering on my life, whether it's going to go my way or not, you know, check out the, this created by world that I'm starting with the yeah. Area 51 podcast and then the, my March Madness uh, TV show. And with that, we put another steamy episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to go bag. See ya. Ow!